Licensed to kill gophers by the government of the United Nations. Man, free to kill gophers at will. To kill, you must know your enemy. In this case, my enemy is a varmint. And a varmint will never quit, ever. They like the Viet Cong. Varmint Cong. So what you gotta do, you gotta fall back on superior firepower and superior intelligence. Episode 169 of the Colt, Matt Mark, Colt Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Mark. And make sure to uh, like us, the Colt of Matt and Mark, on Facebook, or head over to our blog, coltfilmreview.blogspot.com, or shoot us an email at coltfilmreview at gmail.com. Show news, Mr. Hudson. You got any show news this week? Well, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Let's see, what's been going well, on? Uh... I don't know, man. You've been partying every Saturday night, which is our podcast slot so i've just been uh, out of town during our normal recording time it's not much yeah. i can do about it as i say partying. in fact i barely made tonight so but i'm not partying just stuff you oh. know it's just summertime people are having family or having get-togethers anything that would get me out of the house i consider a party these days so yeah <laughs> well uh i mean unless it's like a playtime party oh, or even if you go down party, to the man. little gym and hang out you just bring your little fifth of whiskey and drink it over oh. in the corner no, dude, I'm clocked in, clocked in all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> See here. So, what's been going on? Well, I listened to a couple of books on tape over the last two weeks. Look at you. I listened that free to time. Herbert Dune. Very oh, yeah. good production. The one they have on okay. Audible. And that was mm-hmm. also actually pretty fun to listen to. Then I listened to the the first culture novel by Banks. Consider oh, Phlebas. I read about half of it. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's it's not it's not that great. It's it's too uh, what's the word episodic? Well, it's and like a little. It's, it feels like an old like serial adventure. Yeah, episodic, thing. as I would say. Yeah, I guess but, you're right. Uh, I guess that's the right word for it. It's it, it's not that. I mean, a couple. It just it's over long. Really, it really. Uh, it, I think it would have been better if the hatchet was taken to it. I did like the 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 disgusting deformed blob guy. On the I did island. not like that. That's what. That's like the first thing I would. Cut out of the, oh, really? of the story, yeah. I that think I liked it just because it disturbed me and freaked me out. It, uh, <laughs> I forget what his deal was. He was like a giant blob who just ate people alive. That was his deal. And, uh, uh, well, he, I think he was a member. He was just some sort of crazy person that uh, took the, um, the, the fact that they were going to be destroying that orbital as part of the war. Yeah, uh, sort of the apocalypse end times and sort of created this weird eating centric cult that sort of, uh, that went around him that was going to die on this island uh, together. It was just sort of, I don't know, it wasn't my favorite part. I thought it was a little overlong. Uh, I didn't get I, I, I didn't get off the orbital. I, I gave up on the book after that. But anyway, um, so. it's it's uh, I think it probably gets better when they get off the orbital. But um I mean, I, I did enjoy the portrayal of the enemy species. I forgot their names already. Who were like the oh, three-legged yeah. Uh, yeah. immortal monsters? Yeah, they were kind of cool. I thought I they were. I thought they were a pretty cool uh, species. Uh, I did not read uh, any books on tape, but I uh, did check out. Did do some web surfing. 
<laughs> what? on my phone. And I and I went through some of the folks that that have liked us on on our Facebook page, which uh, has some modest likes. There's there's some fans who've gone the extra dish, distance and typed uh, the Cult of Matt and Mark into the Facebook and liked us. So uh, thanks to them. Uh, but uh, William Budge Senior or Bill Budge is a fan of our show. Oh yeah, so, uh, oh. yeah. And uh, I I I got a little nostalgic for our, uh, our our trip to Spokane about 21 years ago, I think. Oh, that old nighter uh, thing? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, just, you didn't like that? No, no, I just remember, I remember almost falling asleep driving at one point. Uh, yeah. I'm not a strong a little, driver. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went out to see uh, the, the, the Mighty Sound Garden on the Super Unknown Tour. Is that, is that who we saw? I do not remember that part of Man, it. Man, you don't even remember that. And uh, then I remember we, uh, sleeping in the basement and then... A delirious driving. Yeah, we left the show and then drove straight back. And walking around Spokane, too. We did that for a while. We walked around Spokane. And we were there with the illustrious uh, Snohomish Brown, if you oh uh, Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, um, the acupuncturist. That's right. Uh, and, and his uh, newly adopted name is, uh, for whatever reason, the hometown that uh, Mark and I and, and, and uh, the former Kevin well, you know, uh, some of those Native, I mean, we've talked about this before, some of those Native American place names are probably some of the more interesting words in, you know, in the in the United States. I mean, I, I really wish people would use them more broadly. You're uh, endorsing his new namesake. I, I don't, I mean, well, I mean, I hate. I hate talking about real people's full names on the podcast. I know. But, uh, yeah, we don't like I mean, his his name. I mean, just like my name, it's not unusual. There's thousands and thousands of people, and it would be sort of nice, especially from like a business standpoint, to have a singular name that uh, is always going to come up first in the Google results. I, I think it's just uh, makes a lot of sense from a business standpoint, especially if well, you're doing like, especially if you're working for yourself. Where you need a client list, you work up a client client list constantly. It just doing it makes sense to me. Doing uh, woo medicine down in the freak kingdom of Los Angeles, it probably comes in handy. Well, if you're doing that, or if you're putting up drywall or whatever, it, it, <laughs> drywall. Would, be, it would be handy. <laughs> My drywall or holistic drywall, Snohomish. holistic drywall. Yeah, they come in and uh, they do a patchouli coating on top of the wallboards. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Can't get that smell out of the walls. It's there forever. It's wonderful. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get to the movie this week. Uh, our film this week is the uh, classic Caddyshack, uh, uh, 1980. I'm struggling with the plot rundown, so uh, I think I'm just going to keep it short, super short. I mean, do you have – when you say you're struggling with it, what does it mean? You're not happy with the pre-written uh, plot summaries that you've uh, – you just stolen right off the internet. No, I'm I'm not happy with the uh, my writing that I've I've uh, hand wrung for the past three hours to, to really write. you've been sitting so, down stewing over your word processor three hours because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist <laughs> when it comes to writing. Just a second, so. I got hold it. You don't write the <laughs> plot rundowns, do you? <laughs> Fuck man, no, of course okay. not. Jesus, uh, we've done like almost 170 podcasts. 
and and Mark hasn't been able to tell that I I, I am too lazy to <laughs> actually write synopsis of uh, what I would consider uh, you know a decent caliber. Uh, let's just write it right now. A young uh, brash group of of caddies try to find their way uh, between yeah, the uh, posh. Uh, yeah, I think you got uh, something there, Mark. Upper Roll crust. I think let's do that. I'm gonna do here. Here we go. I'm gonna do a fucking plot summary uh, without looking here. So <laughs> here it goes. Just uh, harken back to uh, oral book reports of uh, fifth grade, and you'll get you'll get what I'm about to to spew out here. So, uh, a young Danny Noonan seeking money for college pursues uh, the what would you call it the. Uh, Benefactor, Judge Smalls. Is it Smalls or Smales? It's pronounced Smales, but it's okay. spelled Smalls. Smales. And shit. Oh, man, I just fucked that up. Okay, so anyway, he's... he's and uh, Rodney Dangerfield's character, who is Al something. No, look, I think you're getting this all wrong, man. This, this story is about special, special agent Robert Mitchum. He's in deep cover as Al Cervic. Trying to break wide open, you know, the Florida uh, importation of uh, of uh, cocaine that's being funneled through this. Uh, I forget it. That's not working out. <laughs> I was buying it. I was thinking of the movie uh, completely differently. I was like, "Well, I missed something big there." So, all right, fuck it, everybody. You know the plot of Caddyshack. There's really, there's really no goddamn point in rehearsing it. Well, so, it, the uh, plot's sort of a mess, it. really. Well, it, it's weird because uh, it does have a main character, Danny Noonan, who uh, isn't very charismatic, I would say, and uh, is actually... Yeah. yeah, not the best. But he's not is, bad. But he's, he's not, not he's bad. He's not great. But it's, it's, like it's too bad none of these young actors... I mean, you see movies where you see young actors, and then there's always... Like these ensemble, there's always these ensemble movies where there's like two great actors in it that blow up later in their careers. But this movie, none of these young actors did much. Uh, Danny Noonan and uh, who was the other one? Danny Noonan and, I mean... No, the I, guy who played Danny Noonan. What, what was his name? Uh, uh, there's Danny a, Noonan. Uh, uh, Michael O'Keefe. Uh, well, he's done TV Michael O'Keefe. Okay. Yeah, I'm not saying... Just none of them blew up to be a great... I mean... Like an upper echelon actor. Well, who the hell else are you talking about here? Well, I'm just saying, it, it, sometimes you get these young ensemble movies, oh. and a couple of the young actors blow up later in life, and that just didn't happen to the young actors in this movie. Uh, well, except for That's Bill Murray. Bill well, Murray I mean, I'm not considering him one of the young actors. I'm considering the people who oh. played the caddies. I'm not oh. considering right. oh. Murray and right. Chase, and then the older guys. Those guys were already in their primes. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I don't even remember any of the other ca- caddies. There was Denunzio, mm-hmm. uh, who was the uh, the other sort of uh, there was Lacey caddy. Underall. Lacey uh, Underall. Uh, there was oh, Maggie yeah, O'Hooligan. she was the uh, <laughs> Maggie O'Hooligan. Was that that was a bad uh, Irish accent, right? I she thought was it was Scottish because uh, I had this weird. No, no, no. I don't think it was Scottish that... because she was. She talks about Catholic stuff. She talks about her holy cards oh. and stuff. So because well, the greenskeeper was, the greenskeeper was Scottish. Yeah, the so greenskeeper sort of... was Scottish. I would about uh, killing all the golfers. I mean the gophers. Yeah, right. You kill all the gophers, and we're not going to have a 
I want you to kill every golfer on the course. Check me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but if I kill all the golfers, they're going to lock me up and throw away the key. Golfers! They're Greek, not golfers. The little brown furry rodents. We can do that. Why? We don't even have to have a reason. Do it, man. All right, let's do the same thing, but with gophers. Gosh! I, yeah, I thought that that was a really early bit. I thought that that's pretty funny. A little bit yeah, just very uh, simple kind of joke. The, you never really the, see the uh, head greenskeeper any longer after that, though. Well, no, he, but he I, does occasionally pop in, but that's his only real lines. I don't know. I had this this sense that uh, everybody with an accent was Scottish because it was a, a golf movie. But maybe that's... no, I think Maggie is supposed to be Irish. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> going back to uh, the weak plot and the the weak uh, main character, uh, but it does attempt to plot. To sort yeah, of no, I don't. I don't think. On. I don't think. He, I don't think the character is that weak, really. And you know, in a sense, uh, I think it, it it works pretty well to have this sort of real bare bones plot about the about the basically they boiled all the stuff down except for a slight pregnancy thing uh, with Maggie basically boiled the plot down just to um uh newton's need for the scholarship and that's yeah. pretty much the whole caddy plot which is fine with me i think it works pretty well actually uh i mean i think the i mean i don't know if you watched the 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 documentary that was on the, on the disc but um they talk about you know the plot of the movie was really about the caddies but then they brought these big guns in and we're getting great performances out of them and uh, when they went to cut the movie, you know, they ended up with like a five hour cut and they didn't oh, know what wow. they didn't. Uh, I guess the. Did you imagine the, a five hour cut of Caddyshack? <laughs> well, Holy basically shit. it had all the, I mean, the whole, I mean, I think the, the original script was just the caddy plots. And, really? And uh, yeah, I mean, and then just with this dusting of other people in. But I mean, as these other characters and Dangerfield and Chase and, and uh Murray. And Murray came in. Uh, they got just so much great film that they they had to rework the. They just basically after they were done shooting, they had to rework the whole film. In fact, okay. they they shot uh, all the animatronic gopher stuff after they had, they were well into editing because they really? decided to make the gopher plot line um, a bigger part of the movie. Basically, the through thread of the movie. And if you notice all the stuff where you see the gopher with the other actors, it's always in the distance. There's a couple of scenes and it's actually just a little hand puppet on like one of the assistants hands. I did not notice. It's not the actual animatronic. All that animatronic stuff was done after the fact when they decided they need to uh, rework how the the movie uh, stuck together. Was it like less of a comedy was that the, what they were doing? And it just had these comedic bits, and they they just basically compacted all the comedy into a, a single. Uh, uh, yeah, they had to know, distill it down, and and, and be honest with you, I probably bet the caddy stuff wasn't that great. With those, it didn't seem that great. There wasn't a str- bunch of strong performances. Well, there, I mean, we so. really got a chance to see them, but uh, yeah, my guess I is it guess, probably man. wasn't that great. Yeah. So uh, no, I think they, I think they performed a miracle, probably in in the editing booth. Probably, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I always forget that the Danny Noonan plot is the plot, and mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 it's not. This is a, it's, this is, it's different than what I would call the the sketch comedy based films that we've been reviewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, these characters aren't 
uh, derive from from sketches because they're less. I mean, there there's the the Al character played by Rodney Dangerfield, but he doesn't he doesn't really harken back to a sketch comedy pedigree. He's uh, well, he's just a straight stand up. Yeah, he's a stand up, and it's interesting because uh, Rodney Dangerfield was was a pure stand up, and he does his bits in in the film. But then you have Chevy Chase and Bill Murray who come from sketch comedy, and they're not stand-ups at all. And so it's it's kind of an interesting meshing and hybrid. Of well, their their characters are very their performances very different from Rodney. Rodney's fast and fidgety, and his lines oh, yeah. fly out of his mouth. I mean, I think, I mean, I think maybe part of where like the sketch of uh, Murray and uh, Chase sort of let us down is during that little time where they actually meet in uh in uh Carl's uh like shack yeah it's, right. it's actually sort of slow and not that funny that scene i think I, they, it was, i think they had was, to leave it in there because well they you know these guys were probably the big draws at the time i heard it was w- forced because they had to they wanted to have a scene with with those you know with with the two, I guess yeah. they were SNL alums. Yeah, they did. They current. were they're well known for not liking each other. But I didn't think the scene was that great. I think that was sort of something they just had to put in there because people would be disappointed if they didn't see them work off each other. Yeah, I think but it you're actually right. didn't actually didn't go very well. Even though the idea of a hybrid THC producing uh, uh, lawn is a great idea, right? Well, yeah, and that even uh, if it's a little harsh, uh, the uh, the cannonballing. I did appreciate some of the, the that, was, that, that was that wasn't too bad. Yeah, cannonball, cannonball. I was was he giving him like a jug of shitty Chardonnay? Yeah, I it was like a jug of cheap the, wine. Oh wine. Oh god. Oh, that looks terrible. You know, probably <laughs> like really warm, oh. shitty white wine. Oh, Just yeah. chugging that with a with a joint. <laughs> that cracked me up for some reason. But I, don't know, I, thought, I thought the plot with with Noonan, even though I sort of dogged him, isn't maybe not that great of an actor. I still thought it was a pretty decent plot. I mean, his struggle, just his own struggle with, like, who should he brown nose and how true to himself should he be and uh, how can he get what he needs out of life, which is, you know, to get out of town. Um, yeah. I, I, thought, that, I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty, for the shoestring amount of time that the edit gave him, I thought the storyline, you know, it, I, I got the feel for that character. Uh shit what was i gonna say um the uh i think that the true probably the, the the strongest performance in the film is obviously ted knight and uh do you disagree agree uh, i mean really no 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 T- ted knight's uh ted knight's pretty good i mean he's sort of playing his ted knight character yeah um which is fine I thought I thought he was I thought he was uh I mean he had some he just has some great aspects to his voice. Here's here's just one of his lines. Don't you have homes? <laughs> I like where he just yells at those guys that one time. Um, yeah, I mm-hmm. Well, I, I liked him because he has this uh <laughs> well he's Ted Knight for starters and, and uh Well We're waiting. <laughs> yeah, he does that sort of uh his eyebrows perk up, and he does the bug eyes, and his, and his kind of his front teeth come out. Yeah, he, he sort of pulls his lips back and opens. Yeah, his mouth and he kind of does a weird sort of angry snarl, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, uh, whatever that bit is, and I don't know where Ted 
got his start. I, was he a straight man playing straight mm-hmm. man roles? And, I don't, and, I don't and, know and, much and, about Ted's career, but he's he's very good in this performance. In fact, uh, let me see. What, like, as far as some of my favorite performances is here, um, I like the you know I like that conversation with Knight when he has that uh, discussion after um, Danny Newton uh, uh, basically gets seduced and beds. Um, Oh yeah, the socialite. Uh, yeah, what's her, her name? name? Lacey. Yeah, Lacey. Uh, I, oh, that's right. She wasn't one of the. Yeah, she was just the hot uh, upper crust woman. Um, yeah. And then he goes into the next morning. He goes into the office, and the judge sort of, you know, uh, I don't. Know, I just I thought that information was really good because the judge is still trying to keep him on his good side. Right. And right. Uh, I, I, I thought that was an. I thought that was a nice conversation. He had a lot of those looks in the judge's eyes. Yeah, well, and then uh, the uh, the the Rodney Dangerfield humi- humiliation is <laughs> there's so much of it, like uh, fucking sinks a sailboat, and uh, you know then he's in the pro shop, and he's like, "Oh, this hat," and he says something about oh, that. This is like, the worst looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? <laughs> That's one of the best lines in the movie. <laughs> oh, but it looks good on you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is, I mean, that's probably that line by Dangerfield is probably the funniest line in the movie. It's very close. Well, he was a one-liner stand-up, right? I mean, that was his deal. Mm, yeah, he was sort of that way. He was super. I think his thing was he was super tight. Oh man, super yeah. tight. Well, the 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 uh, the country club dinner there, and when he's working the room, literally like working the room like a comedian. You know, and he's like, oh, oh this is your wife. Oh, oh, a lovely lady. Hey, baby, you're all right. You must have been something before electricity, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Just fucking classic, man. Yeah, that's some good it's stuff. Like, oh, look at his steak. You can still see the marks where the jockey whipped it. <laughs> I mean, and he's, he's always jerking around. Oh, yeah, and his too. eyes are bugging out. Yeah, I mean, his yeah. hands, his feet are always moving. He's just, he's like this ball of nervous energy. He's and like, I like the character himself, too. He's the new nouveau riche. You know, he's like the Polish guy that's making all the money on developing. And, yeah. And, and, and I just thought the way they played with race and, and class was pretty interesting. You know, you got the, the Italians and you got the Irish and you got the, the, you know, you got the blue bloods and you got the new money with the Polish guy. I thought that was pretty interesting. Country clubs are a weird concept. I, I, yeah, they're, uh, I mean, they're pretty exclusive for the most part, right? And if you're a country club member, well, you, I mean, I think they're only really exclusive. If you just got to pay the fee, I don't think it's a big deal. I hear it's like a shit ton of money. Like country club memberships are anywhere around the order of ten grand a year. Something like that. And I don't know what you get in all that. I don't know if you, you know, you get to play golf whenever you want. And you no, go you, eat. you still pay green fees and stuff. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As a country club member, you have to pay fucking green fees on top of yeah, like it's not 10 like grand an all, a year? Yeah, it's not like, and you still, you go in, you, you still pay for lunch and all that stuff. Yeah. And you tip out everybody. And uh, I guess there's a lodge where they, they serve, you know, the occasional Saturday night steak dinner or something like the elks i i, I don't know anything I'm about not sure they, the I'm, country club that i live across the street from they have like these concerts every once in a while like i think i think like the kids of the members they have a little shindig every once in a while because you hear uh, music playing from the from like the clubhouse up on the hill it just seems so audacious that they they, they it requires such a huge chunk of land to mm-hmm. uh for their club yeah i think that's the bizarre part so 
Mm-hmm. You know, 18 holes of golf, I don't know what that consumes in acreage. You no, know, I mean, it's a, but, fake, uh, a fair amount. I mean, especially if it's a, a big course, it's a fair amount of acreage. I mean, but it's a plaything of the, you know, upper middle class to upper class. And it's funny how the uh, Chevy Chase character, Ty, mm-hmm. basically doesn't have anything better to do. He could give a shit. He likes playing golf just to do something. Uh, he doesn't. No, I think he li- he likes golf. Yeah, and uh, he's obviously the uh, self-aware product of nepotism. And <laughs> yeah, his father was one of the founders of that club, and he's just rich. And he just he just I mean, if you just, I mean, look at the place he hangs out in. He's got like a bow and a bunch of shit all over the place. He's just a yeah, guy that like, does uh, nothing but have fun. Isn't that crazy? Like uh, he seems. Uh, you you always hope that that rich kids are are miserable fuckers because they didn't earn anything. Well, I think, you know, but I think he uh, is sort of miserable. You think so? To a certain yeah, extent. See. I like this conversation he has with a Lacey here. Would you like a drink? Tuna colada, perhaps? Anything, any. Who's your decorator, Benny Hanna? <laughs> no, I bought most of that stuff back with me from Vietnam. You were in the war? Uh, no. Homo. Much better now, though. <laughs> I wonder exactly how he got out of the Vietnam War. Maybe oh, he did, maybe he did like, probably like Dick Cheney got out of it. He had, he had other priorities. <laughs> you know, fucking A. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I do like that homo joke. Classic. What was that? What was that again? Like he, he said he was he was a homosexual and then they didn't obviously back then. Well, I mean, he said he got, it from, he got all that Asian stuff from Vietnam that's around his pad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Lacey asked, God, you, were, you fought in the war? He goes, no, no. I was a homo, but I'm better now. <laughs> But I'm better now. Yeah. <laughs> this is a joke. This is a smart-ass joke classic, for Classic. Classic. So uh, I think we should talk about the bits. Uh, I don't know if you, you have some favorite bits that you want to talk uh, let's about. Let's see here. Uh, you know, just uh, the – there's actually a, a rather nicely photographed bit very early. It's when Ty and Noonan are walking down the fairway, chit-chatting early in the film. I thought that I thought that had a really nice feel to it. It was a nice introduction. It was a long shot, uh, and there's just a, there's just one line which I really enjoy. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. <laughs> <laughs> They're just talking about life. You take drugs, Danny, every day, and that was ad lib, by the way. From oh, was both, it? Both of them. Oh, that's I probably. Think, I think it's a hilarious ad lib. If somebody asks you if you take drugs, you said every day. Every day. That's. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's that's fast. On, that uh, was good on the actor's part to respond like that. He actually there was an interview with him, and he said he was just trying to keep up with that guy oh, as best man. he could. It, th- that that sort of on the fly wittiness. It uh, sometimes uh, there'll be podcasts from listening to folks, and and they're just totally in sync. You know, usually there's some of the comedian podcasts and stuff. And uh, then I feel shameful that we've done uh, 169 podcasts where. We've maybe approached that once or twice. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a long shoot, and there was hours and hours of film. I don't think that's you true. Hurt yourself too yeah. much. And believe me, I don't spend a lot that much time in the editing room. I take enough time just getting these stupid drops together. Uh, let's see. I enjoyed. Uh, you know, let me just play a little bit of this. Wait up, girls! I got a salami. I got a hide still. <laughs> He's lusting after the married women. I know and they're all, all gray hairs. That was the thing, and uh, there was the, it's the uh, sweetest fruit, man. I guess 
Yeah. Don't you have like a Zorba the Greek bit mm-hmm. about... Uh, yeah, Zorba the Greek liked that. He liked that. Uh, that was his line. Gals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the uh, sort of faux masturbation. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, the, there was two. Yeah, there was the one where he's working with the ball washer. He's like, oh, come on, you little monkey woman. <laughs> it's just that must have been ad-libbed. Cause I, oh, I, yeah, I that just, was totally ad-libbed. Oh, come on. You know, and, it's, and, and the camera's focused up on their kind of, you know, f- uh, 50s-ish butts and those golfing pants and i don't know it's mm-hmm. it's it crazy but you could tell that he, he was probably authentically into it he was probably into you know. i mean the character yeah 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 the character hmm. was that, that that was his character yeah that know? was his character so. he was sort of a misfit sort of an outcast sort of a dork uh see us we're talking about carl there's this <laughs> i mean there's the classic Dalai Lama story and uh i mean that's i mean that's a hilarious bit unfortunately the audio is terrible uh from it because there's there's a fucking basketball game going on in the background is so annoying when you're listening to it uh, stiffed me i guess he was really hurting that kid when he was hit him with that pitchfork did you see that pitchfork was going right in that guy's neck he was really poking him hard with it then an interview (laughs) with the guy who played the kid he's like oh shit it really hurt Yeah, the Bill Murray stuff when he takes the uh, the priest out on the golf course. And, oh, uh, uh, the the bishop uh, golf game. Oh, the bishop. He yeah. doesn't die. I I I I didn't pay attention to what became of the bishop, but there's. Well, you the, see him. He's crazy you see him, and you see him later. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like all Chuck Hestoned out. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, he's he's just a, he's drinking and he's he doesn't have his uh, outfit on. Yeah, and he uh, you, you get that he's like an atheist now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God yeah, fucked him on the golf course. But that that yeah. that was a pretty funny scene. I did I enjoyed sure. that whole scene. I don't think I don't think the heavy stuff's going to be coming down for quite a while yet. <laughs> they sort of worked, <laughs> it sort of worked out. That that's a very funny scene. Oh, it's like and I forget what 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 did it was it like uh, something farts like what did he say what was the the, the horrible curse word. That uh, the, the the bishop says at the end, mm, like I, monkey I, farts or something. It was like rat farts. Uh, That's it. It was rat farts, and then the it's hit by lightning. Hmm. So, yeah, anyway, those those are a, those are probably my my favorite bits. My uh, guilty pleasure mm-hmm. uh, character is probably Spalding. I <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I I found nothing very interesting about Spalding necessarily. I'm so Spalding surprised. is just just such a just an unlikable child of wealth that mm-hmm. uh, you know is and he's all like in the periphery. You know, there's the scene where they're coming up to the concession. It's like, yeah, I want a hot dog. No, I want a hamburger. I want a hamburger. No, I want. A... And then. Ted Knight grabs him and is like, you will get nothing and like it, which is a phrase I use all the time still. Mm. No, no, that makes sense. Yeah, Ted he's, Knight's response was pretty funny. And he's drinking, like he's slurping up all the, the dregs at the bar. Yeah. And, he and then he gets the fucking... And vomits then, uh, in the doctor's car. And then he barfs and he gets the butt. And then uh, kind of the comment when Noonan shows up at the, the yacht club. He's like, Whoa. I forget even what he says, but it's just this kind of snarly, bullyish contempt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, it's well placed. He's been pampered his whole life. I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> I think uh, Rodney Dangerfield makes a comment about him. Like, oh no, I know why uh, Tigers eat their young. <laughs> <laughs> There's a. I don't know. I guess it's speak, not that speaking funny. Of, that speaking of speaking um, 
of uh, Ted Knight again. There's one scene with, with Ty that I think has a really funny bit of dialogue. Here it is. What did you shoot today? Oh, I don't keep score, Judge. Oh, well, how do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. That's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty funny interaction. That's right before, that's right before you see uh, uh, the, the Spall spawn, Smale spawn come in and complain about wanting to play tennis instead of golf. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, other bits that uh, the, the best bit. Let's no. try to sort out the. Well, the I've gone through my best. Bits. I got some worst bits if you're interested. Oh, yeah. If you got some more best bits. bits, knock yourself out. All right. No, uh, worst bits. Buzz the Busby Berkeley scene in the pool. Uh, the uh, the whole Babe Ruth. No, no. Thing. The Baby Ruth thing was funny. I'm talking about just the org- the the dance, the dance number. The oh, dance number. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the a whole out of control yacht scene. What you didn't like that? No, I'm not a fan of that scene. Why? Why didn't you like it? Mm, it just seemed too big. For the movie. Too much of a set piece. It was just too much. It was off. too crazy. It was over the. I mean, it was just a little too too much for this movie. I think. Uh, well, it was. I mean, it was, it was, it was a, almost it was, as big as the crescendo plastic explosives business. Which seemed, uh, I was watching that, and and I. I, for whatever reason, couldn't figure out why after the ball fell in, they celebrated Danny's win when basically like about six or seven uh, artillery caliber explosions went off like nearby, you know. Artistic license. Though they, know. They, the they, production they did get it, in trouble for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, was it an actual golf course that they were on? It was an actual golf course. It was actually right near an airport. <laughs> it oh, was no. actually not cleared with authorities. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that would uh, that would be quite a sight, yeah, for a pilot taking off. I would imagine. So, um, one thing I never quite understood, and I, I don't know if this is a bad bit or not, but um, right near the end of the movie, Rodney Jamersfield says a line. He goes, "We're all going to get laid." Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like right? that. Is it was? Yeah, I, I don't. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it's right after he sends his his brutes after Smales to get his forty grand, and then he just turns around to the collected crowd of members and caddies and says, "We're all going to get laid." I, I just don't going to understand what the, was that one of his lines from outside of the movie. I, it just I mean yeah, it, it doesn't make very, any sense. Well, it's not it's it doesn't make any sense and it's not funny. But so. people really I mean it does have there's something about it, there's an energy about it. But it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, there's kind of those uh that, that's like, that's like it's from this scene. movie, right? It's not from yeah. somewhere else. It's not from his no. comedy because no. it's really weird no. but it caught on. I guess That's I, weird. I, I, it must have been part of something else. They got cut down, and they just kept that bang right at the end because it just, it just had energy. That bothered you. I shrugged it off as incongruity. I didn't think too no, much well, of it. The incongruity so. bothered me. I just didn't quite understand. No, I mean, it's it's a very memorable line from the movie, but it has nothing. There's nothing behind it. It's just a big clap at the end. That's all. A I, clap it, trap, as they would call it. Oh, is, yeah. that, is, is that what that means? That's literally what clap trap means. It's a uh, cheap gimmick to get the audience to clap. Hmm. So, I mean, I know, guess like, it's sort, uh, of, it's sort of that's what it is, yeah. It's like, uh, how you doing, Cleveland? You know, if you're fucking Woo. a rock star or something, and you'll mm-hmm. get the uh, 
you know, the obligatory uh, screams because you've mentioned the hometown. And so, it's, yeah, it's just a kind of a stupid claptrap, I guess. But not very funny either, sadly. And I think mm-hmm. that's his last line in the film. So, <laughs> 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 I did like his. Uh, th- there was some. There was some uh, racial humor in the film a little bit, right? I mean, uh, not much, but uh, God, just a little bit. There was a sort of not terribly funny scene where the, like the guy that works in the. Uh, clubhouse, like burns one of Smale's shoes. Yeah, is that is that I what was, you're talking about? No, I was thinking of more of the Wang comment. That, uh, oh yeah, yeah. You better not tell him you're uh, you're not Jewish, you're Jewish. Are you, Wang. I don't yeah. know if this is an open club. It's true. Even uh, even though he uses the word shmir, which I'm pretty sure is Yiddish, in that no. very same bit of dialogue. Okay. Um. Well, it's funny because he's a Chinese dude, right? That's the the, the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah, he had yeah, the yeah. camera and everything. Yeah. Uh, so, you I mean, there's sort of, you know, I guess uh, Dangerfield's character, Al, sort of has that because he does sort of make some uh, uh, Italian jokes when he's, uh, ha- when, uh, what's his name, is caddying for him. Um, uh, Tony is his caddy, right? Oh, he does? Yeah, this is, uh, is it like caddy is for Italians caddying is considered a union job or skilled labor or something like that. He's sort of making fun of them. Isn't that weird? Like Italian jokes and used to be a lot. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, really. Was it, uh, you know, 40, 30, 40 years ago that the, uh, there was still some old European immigrant jokes kicking around, you know, from the day. And, uh, it's pretty standard. Whoever is the lower class worker immigrants usually get shat on. Is that where the Pollock jokes yeah. came from? Where the fuck did the Pollock jokes came from? I would, I bet there's, I bet they're still around, like in uh, Western Europe, because there's a lot of Polish laborers that are part of the EU move west and, for and, work. And why is it that they're stupid? I, I there's just, oh, well, I, we've talked about that before. There's, there's no sense. It makes no sense. The Polish. It's jokes the make weirdest. No sense. It's the weirdest non-stereotype of any people. In we, we'd the have to reason. go back sixty or seventy years to. And talk to some people, try to get at the heart of it. I have no idea. Like, I can't even think of, uh, I'm trying to think of a nationality or an ethnicity that is uh, uh, an equivalent of, I guess, the, the, the Polish jokes as being known for being not a very bright people. And I can't think of any, even in the worst of, of you know, the... Uh, I guess our, our we, racist you say you just have to go to our sexual dimorphism in blonde women. There's a whole nut. There's a whole range of jokes for that. Well, yeah, that's another weird one too. Mm-hmm. I, the the blonde chicks, and I, I think it's just a stand-in for. It's fun to make fun of dumb people, and you need a stereotype. It's like a it's like a, a demographic in need of a, or it's like a stereotype in need of a demographic. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I used to have a few blonde jokes here and there, but uh, I don't know. I, it, yeah, it's weird because you would never uh, ascribe a no, think of a blonde person and think, boy, they're stupid. You know, I, mean, I, I, I think these things sort of catch on societally. I mean, we've as we've talked about it in the past, it's, it's a little confusing. There's there might be some grains of truth at some of things, but uh, I don't think the Polish thing and the blonde thing probably has. A grain no, there. No. So I have another, uh, there's like a few incongruous or, or uh, non-causal moments in the film. And why why the judge destroys his bedroom 
to chase Danny out of it because he's sleeping with his niece. He's furious. The fuck, why the fuck does he care that much? She's like a 25-year-old socialite who fucks that everybody he, that, that moves. He, that he know? is well aware of her proclivities. As he, well, yeah. He, as he, uh, as he uh, attests to the next morning. Well, you got to remember, it's sort of his mindset. Uh, Al, the new nouveau riche guy, came into town and destroyed his sailboat just an yeah. hour before that. He's hot. Right. He's mad. And he comes home, and this is happening as too. So he's, I think he's in a state right. of mind where he's just unstable. Yeah, all right. It it just seemed like a, a bizarre overreaction. Mm. To, well, uh, I think that's that's why it's placed right after the yacht destruction, right. which would be a and, terribly and, humiliating to him because he went. He's the big he's the big fish in this pond, and there's a much bigger fish, literally. And, and was he just the president of the golf club or or the country club, or was he the owner? No, I think he was a founding member. I All don't. Right. Uh, I don't know how the ownership works. So I don't think he necessarily had a management position. Maybe there was some sort of. Uh, maybe the, the club's member owned. I really don't know. They didn't go into specifics. He I did have. Did, he, he, he did pull water at the club. And do judges make enough, really, to be in that uh, echelon? Well, I mean, I maybe I'm nitpicking the movie. I, I, I just, I, I was just thinking about well, the. Well, I uh, mean, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, successful judge. I think they probably would make as much as successful physicians, and that would be enough to, um, you know, be a member of a golf club. I mean, if his family's yeah. moneyed, and his, it might have a. It might have some sway. Well, fuck, man. I guess if a dentist can go to Africa and blow away a lion for fifty G's, then uh, I'm probably. You know, there's judges are of that par anyway. So. Well, I mean, uh, you can make good money as a dentist if you have a successful practice. God, that's successful. You could blow fifty G's to fucking kill some. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you could. Yeah, yeah. I won't get into that topic. I think the internet has uh, said enough about uh, <clears throat> lion business. I know Mark was pretty adamant and posting all kinds of stuff on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <about> <laughs> I was actually just thinking of what Mark would say, because Mark is... Uh, you talking about me? Yeah. I, I was trying to think. Uh, I know it's off topic of the movie, but uh, we're talking about rich assholes. Sure. And uh, uh, I was thinking, what, what? besides Mark not having an opinion, what would his non-opinion be about the whole uh, dentist killing the... Uh, or poaching... Or, or, or allegedly poaching the uh, endangered and beloved lion of Zimbabwe. Well, look, and, I, I uh, paid a modicum of attention to it, and I saw the s- extenuating circumstances about his character. And my guess is he knew he was doing something. He really wanted to kill a, a lion. He didn't want to spend a hundred grand, so he found a couple of fuckers that he knew were pretty suspect to do it for fifty, and he got yeah. himself into some hot water. I mean, the guy, I mean, you know this, you you follow the story. I'm sure you know more about him than me. He did something similar with a bear in Wisconsin yeah, or yeah. something where yeah. he shot it on a nature reserve and drug it somewhere else. I mean, the guy's just a, the guy's just a cunt and, uh, cunts beat cunts. Uh, I, I think it'd be fun to, uh, extradite into Zimbabwe. Yeah, though I doubt shit. we have That's an extradition agreement. Well, no, well we do, but well, I don't then think we should extradite enough. him. Why would yeah, it not be strong, strong enough? Oh, it's only strong when they extradite him to the U.S. for intellectual property crimes. Yeah, that's right. 
That's right. We got boatloads of uh, Chinese criminals coming over here to be tried for their uh, Microsoft uh, Windows 10 infringement. So, um, yeah. so I don't know. I, mean, I, th- I, I think it'd be, think I think it'd be about... awesome to send them out there. Or if somebody just found them and shot them with a hunting bow sometime yeah, when he's yeah. walking down the street, I wouldn't cry about that. Not one drop, no one, not one tear would come out of my eye. See, I, I was of that opinion too, and then I thought I was like overreacting and and uh, uh, a part of the problem, not the solution when it comes to the internet mob justice that's been uh, uh, doled out. But he's a pretty despicable human being. I, mean, and, I guess uh, from the modicum of information out there, he yeah. Like but a dick. I mean, like I said, everybody's probably okay to have a beer with. I mean, fuck, I'd go drink a beer with Idi Amin and Hitler if I had the chance. It's 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 like. There's that element to somebody, but well, then there's kind of like their actions, and their actions are always, to me, speak louder than their, you know, their personalities. And if you're a, kind of like some kind of weird fucking dick who who likes to, uh, for whatever reason, kill somewhat endangered animals, I, I don't get it. I think I don't get it. That's well, I my think problem. you're making a bigger argument. My argument's more about this guy knew he was doing something that yeah. was not entirely above the boards, but you can go legally and probably mostly ethically kill big game here and there it's very expensive and there's a lot of red tape but uh i mean if he had killed a a lion where zimbabwe considers it legal i probably wouldn't have that big of a problem well it's happening right now i mean you could imagine that zimbabwe is probably not great at taking care of their game and you threw you throw 10 grand in the right pair of hands you could probably do pretty much anything you want um, yeah, but um, I mean, I, I think a lot of people just sort of have an anti-hunting feeling. I don't have an anti-hunting thing. I just think when you're when 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 you're uh, you're you're. I mean, I understand hunting for resource and and all that. Kind and that's of not stuff. what I'm talking about. I'm hunting for trophies. Trophy hunting. It just seems a little weird. Because yeah, trophy I don't hunting think is is a little weird. I mean, it can probably done. Uh, Safely and well managed. I doubt Zimbabwe. Was it Zimbabwe or? Yeah, Zimbabwe. I, yeah. I wonder how capable they are of properly managing that. Probably well, not very well. I just don't think killing an animal from afar is a challenge worthy of a trophy. That's why. So that's why you shoot them with an arrow. I guess. Let them bleed out over a couple of days. In that's fact, that's probably gross. pretty classic human hunting technique. It's the persistence hunting, which uh, people. Right. Have thought or maybe is one of the with the main driver for our bipedal locomotion was the that yeah. technique i'm sure you've heard about it uh where you wound an animal and then you just run it down till it or you don't even have to wound it you just run it down over a period of a couple of days until it exhausts itself and dies um I, I was trying to figure out why i was so enraged and and before all the the hub of blue like when i first read it i was like ah I kind of like felt a little sick and disgusted, even though like I eat fucking factory farm food like a complete hypocrite and all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, mean, I just was like, why am I so mad? And and I think I, uh, the only thing I could couch it to was that or couch it in was that that just somehow like it, to me it sort of seemed like somebody was vandalizing what's left of our natural heritage, and it just kind of grossed me out. I, that, that's kinda, human beings van, vandalizing our national natural heritage. Our, My God, I've never. Well, heard like of such there a was thing. these uh, these 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 Utah fucking Crete and rednecks. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about uh, 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 natural gas fracking. 
extraction well, process. There's that. See, I'm a hypocrite, right? I, I just, but, but just sort of more wanton than anything. And I thought, I thought like we were talking these... about, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 child laborers in China putting together our small Gee. electronics. I need, fuck, man, you got see. It's just the overt display. I don't think this anyway. one guy killing a famous line is no. a drop in the bucket. But look, if he's held accountable for being a a cunt, it's fine with me. Well, there's these rednecks who knocked over like million-year-old rock formations in some Utah National Park. <laughs> I remember and filmed that. filmed it. And, and I was just that that's kind of the attitude. Just like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah, they were really working at it, too. It was like these boulders that were like balanced just right because of the way they had been uh they were just that was you that was like three four years ago man i still remember you're still mad about that how about no i'm not mad about it how about some punk uh demolishing hitchbot in uh in uh in philadelphia last demolishing what 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 happened hitchbot man you hadn't heard about hitchbot no what's Hitchbot? he's a canadian uh, some guys in canada invented him he's like this little like sort of a uh, non-moving autonomous like little uh robot thing that yeah. uh basically it has a, a little voice oh yeah hitchbot yeah like and they, they, he they, went across canada and then he went around yeah. europe and then he started in boston got to philadelphia and somebody like curb stomped him <laughs> into oblivion <laughs> see, see but see to me that seems that's uh, that's worse than all that that all those chicken breasts from costco I ate last week that were anally electrocuted <laughs> See, but to me that seems representative of what it would happen to a human being if they hitchhiked too long. Well, right? if they if they <laughs> went through Philadelphia, at least you'd be curb stomped at some point, even if uh, you were a human yeah, being. I mean, so. maybe. I mean, you know, every once in a while you get curb stomped. <laughs> they curb stomped hitchhiked. Yeah, they just destroyed him. There was a picture on the internet of him like lying in pieces on the side of a road. <laughs> Why is that so funny? That's terrible. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, well, I saw pictures of Hitchbot, and it looks so hokey anyway. There was actually, it was actually pretty funny. There was a, there haven't been a, um, every once in a while, I listen to uh, uh, the Smodcast with, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. What's his name and his buddy? There's too many non sequiturs in the Smodcast but for they me had, these days. The last one they did was about Hitchbot. It wasn't about him getting curb stomped. It was about, uh, he actually, <laughs> It was actually sort of worse than that. We, he got he like got to like into rural Massachusetts or something, and then he just sat there for like three weeks because nobody would pick him up. And they were talking about that, and uh, they had this, <laughs> the worst offense, they a had, worst offense, yeah, really. Uh, you know, people just ignoring him, and uh, they they had a actually. If you want to go listen to it, it's actually a really funny. All it's right. one of the funniest <laughs> podcasts in a long time. Okay. Uh, them talking about Hitchbot, they were just dying laughing. <laughs> and I was really hoping for one this last week, but they skipped a week because I thought they'd, I would hope they got oh. another rant about Well, it'll come up stomp. in the next, they can't let it go. It'll come up in the next one. Because mm. I, I actually remember them talking about Hitchbot when, when he was, uh, uh, in, you know, he was uh, inaugurated or whatever. Like, because he, he started up in some, Canada. His original trips, yeah. But this has yeah, been going on since trips. 2012 or something. Hitchbots, people just man, Pennsylvania, bad and they didn't too. even keep the trophy. It almost is, it's only it's, it's almost worse. It's like poaching. You're not even keeping the head on the wall. You know, the, you got to give that dentist some credit. At least he shipped the head back by UPS. Well, no, I didn't get that far. So, oh, they didn't yeah. get the head back. No, they they, they confiscated before they could oh, send it back. Oh, really? Well. Oh, I thought I thought this was like it was like had he had done it and been a couple weeks until people noticed the line was missing. 
and then he was out of the country and everything. There was all kinds of like news stories about you know these these shops in Zimbabwe that will prepare the trophies, you know these taxidermy shops before sending them, you know, back home. Well, uh, of course, I mean, if some guy's coming out and paying eighty grand to kill big game, I'm sure he doesn't mind throwing a couple more after getting it properly preserved. And they, they there was this shop, and they had like an elephant head, and 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 it looked it looked fucked up and bad. You know, and I, I, it would just seem like you, but you, I don't know. That's probably one of the biggest tags in Africa is to get an elephant, mm-hmm. and then you get sort of this shitty, yeah. gigantic head that you have to find someplace in your, you know, Dennis Mansion in suburban Minneapolis. Trump Jr. went a couple of years ago, went over and killed the elephant. Yeah, it, it, it was just. I don't know what what what. I mean, would you do you mount a fucking elephant head on your wall? Yeah, wouldn't it that just... look handsome in your living room above your uh, <laughs> above your fireplace? You'd have to like bust the ceiling out and like put an arch, put a big, room. put a new gable on your house. It would terrify it, my it would, children. They would love it, would... it. They'd learn about science <laughs> and nature and man's <laughs> position of superiority. It, it were like its skin was probably uh, already starting to deteriorate. They probably had to like phone rubber patch. Well, what it you could do is something. on the other side of the wall, you put the mount the butt. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> I just, I was like, oh, my whole fucking house would be an, a shitty like elephant head. You know, it'd be just this grotesquery mm-hmm. of, of 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 a trophy. That, Welcome you know, to rich people's lodges. Yeah, fucking a. I don't know. I do want a jackalope, man. I do want a jackalope up on the wall. I, I would give you a want you want one of those terrible rabbits with those horrible infections. Yeah, that's like yeah. that's like a disfiguring viral skin problem that you see on horrible disfigured humans. Wait, what are you talking about? Why would you want to be re- reminded of that? A jackalope? Yeah. Is 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 a a, a, a jackrabbit with a disfiguring what? Well. I mean, jackalopes. We're talking about jackalopes, right? We're talking about these rabbits with horns, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, those horns are caused by, like, herpes infections that cause growths on the skin. That's true. It's all true. And that's like, you. I mean, you see it with people sometimes. They'll get these, you know, if there's a problem with their immune system, they'll get covered in these terrible, thick skin that disfigures them. That's all a jackalope is. It's disgusting. Well, but the horns look good on them. No matter, you know, I mean, you, you know, I, I, once you get, once you get one of those, uh, Tasmanian devils with, with its mouthful of tumors, that's killing him. Put that on the wall. All right. That'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, jackalopes, uh, they get that infection and they run off. So you never actually get to see a jackalope out on the wild. Yeah. They run off and play starve to death. Well, that's when they get their horns. So that's why you never see a jackalope really. Cause they hide when they start sprouting horns, mm. uh, except for a few postcard photographers in Wyoming. There's, you never see them. People never, never fail to amaze me. <laughs> the things they find fascinating. All right. So we, we've, we've, uh, I don't know if we ran out Caddyshack or not, but, uh, it's a funny movie. I don't know, uh, for this kind of, what do you call it? Montage ensemble comedy. It's uh, pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's a lot of funny stuff in it. Why don't we go see what Eber had to say about it? Uh, Roger Ebert reviewed Caddyshack suspiciously on January 1st of 1980, giving it two and a half stars, which is a, 
a uh, you know moderate thumbs down. I think yeah. is how they how he usually played it. Um, <clears throat> he says, uh, "Caddyshack never really finds a consistent comic note of its own, but it plays host to all sorts of approaches." from the stars who uh, seem hardly to be occupying the same movie. I think that's right. I think it's a pretty good insight. And he goes over that in more detail. Um, he calls uh, Ted Knight's uh, performance apoplectic, which I think is a pretty good term. And he says, uh, Rodney Dangel, Rodney Dangerfield wades into the movie and cleans up. And he says that to a degree that it, this is anybody's movie. It's Dangerfield's. Um, let's see here. Uh, he says the movie really uh, never really develops a plot, but maybe it doesn't want to. Uh, calling the plot uh, about Noonan's character a vague subplot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and uh, which I guess is sort of true. Um, let's see, he talks about his three favorite scenes: the Busby Berkeley number, <laughs> yeah. which I didn't like. Uh, the uh, the Jaws. Slash baby Ruth, baby Ruth yeah. poop one, which we didn't talk about, which I liked. Uh, I thought, I thought it was, it was kind of a one note gag. Yeah, it was just it was a gag, right. but I thought it was okay. And the uh, the speedboat yacht club problem, which I didn't like, which is sort of That's funny right. that I'm sort of out of uh, sync with uh, Ebert here. Uh, he says, and he ta- goes to talk about uh, Dangerfield in more detail, calling him a Henny Youngman clone. I'm not really familiar with Henny Youngman, but he says that has something to do with one liners and insults. Are yeah, you, are you familiar with Youngman? Uh, a little bit. His bits are yeah. It's 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 kind of the one liner, you know, sort of a uh, 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 shtick that uh, uh, kind of old school comedians were were more adept at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too. I'm, I'm going to go back and see some of that work. Um, he says uh, with uh, Dangerfield's character's bizarre wardrobe and trick golf bag, which I liked. I enjoyed the tr- the golf bag with, with the that. stereo and the beer and the ejecting clubs. What else did that you know, bag do? Uh, uh, yeah, I had the beer. Uh, you know, and I couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out why nobody they weren't using golf carts. Is that like not a deal on really nice? Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, they, they talk about it. Lou actually brings it up at one point. He goes, "We're getting complaints about bad caddying and smoking grass. Do you guys want to be replaced by golf carts?" If well, not, I'm get wondering. Out there and caddy. I'm wondering on really nice. Uh, up, upscale uh, country clubs and golf courses if they actually do caddy. I is think that so. a thing? I think it is. It's like, you is can there buy some, a person there, to haul your bag around. Like, is there some sort of offense with, with uh, running a, a little car around the Well, greens? usually you have to put a bunch of paths all over for the cars to run on. Yeah. Oh, or you can't drive oh, those you. fucking things down the middle of the fairway and onto really. All, you I certainly can see him running. You, running you certainly can't. The fairway. Well, I mean, you can run them on the fairway, but you can't really. You can't run them on the green. I think you're supposed to keep oh. them off to the side a bit. Okay. All right. And there's usually yeah. paths uh, to where uh, where the high traffic areas would be, and you're supposed to use those. Sometimes there's like a path that runs down the side of the fairway that you'd run down just to avoid tearing up the grass. But it God just seems, knows, God help you if you're ever driving on the green. It seems hilarious that a, a sport where you actually need a little car to go along with it—that that it's an old sport, but yet yet it, it it has been enhanced by the invention of a small electric car. Well, I think you got to look at who's playing it. It's old guys with probably bad knees. 
Uh, true. You walk in yeah, those, it, those uh, par fives. It's a it's a long it's long two hundred fifty yards. Especially in 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 that Palm Springs heat. Mm-hmm. You know, you need that little uh, sunshade over the top. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense considering their clientele. It's just funny. Um, again, uh, continuing talking about Dangerfield, he says that uh, he has a, vita- a vitality that the movie's younger comedians can't match, and they suffer in comparison. I think that's right. Uh, but they're not on par. That's kind of my deal. Like, he's a stand-up comedian. There's no other stand-up comedians in the film. Well, know? there's nobody uh, as vital as him in the film. I have to agree with you, here. Yeah, it's it's just interesting because that wasn't his uh, origins. You know, and we always get these uh, uh, these films that are based on sketch comedy, and they're they're not stand-ups in the roles. They're, they're sketch comedians. Like, people always think... Uh, like, uh, you know, when they talk about funny people that, you know, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, like, they're the funniest women out there. It's like, yeah, but they're not stand-ups like Amy Schumer. They're not, they're, they're different, you know. And, and, and so I don't put them on the same playing field. I put them sort of as a, a different type of comedian or sort of a different species of comedian. Well, I don't think he's necessarily, you know? I mean, you're saying you shouldn't compare apples and oranges, but. Yeah, I don't know if he's. It seems he's just, like he's talking about one particular aspect, the vitality of it, and he's okay. just saying maybe it makes. I think <laughs> specifically, that, he's alluding at Chevy Chase's performance a little lackluster because of it. There's that fucking bit where Chevy's sitting there and the chicks are walking by him, and he like nods at him and smiles, and then he like flicks his tongue out as they walk by. That's so fucking funny, man. Oh, yeah, that little, that's a Oh, gee, that just fuck cracked me up. That wasn't a stand-up routine. I mean, that, that would take, you know, that was a different sort of a, mm-hmm. a comedic sort of physical comedy there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's just different. Like Bill Murray with, with, you know, the ball cleaner and the fucking hose between his legs. Shit, mm. <laughs> you know. That was physical comedy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's some, it's not stand-up. So I, I don't know. Different, two different things. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much his, his main point. Is the and I don't think the, I don't think it necessarily hurts the film that there's, but it is a bit of a weird amalgam of yeah. a movie. And these all these parts have a different feel to them. I don't think I don't think I think it actually works. I think they sort of in the edit booth they actually somehow created a, something that really sort of coalesces even though it's made of such disparate elements. And I think well, that's probably the best triumph of the film, probably. Well, and it's a movie that requires a little attention span, which is probably why it, it's uh, uh, sort of a guy movie that that has been watched repeatedly. You know, people, uh, dudes can, oh, because oh, this bit's coming up, or that bit's coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and you can sort of tune in and tune out as you see fit. It's not... Uh, you know, it doesn't require full attention span. No, so. I don't. I don't think so. You could probably you could probably come and just watch a scene on USA Network and enjoy it. Yeah, I do every now and then. Yeah, so, so uh, what uh, what do we have upcoming next week? We're almost coming to a close of this damn. Yeah, you know, I'm business. kind of I'm kind of thirsty to start to actually do a <laughs> Some serious movie, real movie. We only got two more to go. <laughs> we got. Your movie next week, and then my final movie, and then we're done with our comedy. Ah, uh, because I, I got a, I got a bunch of uh, what I would call 
serious film coming up. That, I'm thinking uh, about we're thinking about doing some viewer suggestions, and then I think a few of them. I think I'm going to after that maybe do Russian science fiction. Oh well, that'll be a, a whole uh, one film that I can think of. There's, I don't know. Uh, there's some other out there. It's um, really? <clears throat> it's some long serious oh, films. Do that to That's me, all man. I gotta don't say. Don't do that. Don't be be merciful. Remember, uh, keep it under like three hours. I'll see what I can do. Uh, yeah, I got uh, I got some serious ones that uh, have been chomping the bit, and and the problem with the comedies is that we. We just it, it, we flake out, and it's hard because it's there's not serious themes, or character development, or plotting, or uh, uh, you know big ideas going on. So we're, we're we get sort of hurting to, for uh, meat on the bones, which is why we go tangential quite a bit, which is fun. Not to think about it too much, uh, but I think it'll be nice to get back to. Something a little bit more. I might. I might go full serious on the first uh, end of summer movie. That's fine. Um, do whatever you'd like. I did have an idea though, and mm-hmm. uh, it's going to float it out there. And we could do like uh, like Kids Month or something, where we just uh, pick some some I guess some kids movies that have a cult, a bit of a cult following. So movies with kids you know. in it, like uh, no, let's see, like like uh, we were talking about like Willy Wonka. What's that French movie? Um, about Willy Wonka. Oh yeah, a s- City, City Lost, Lost Children. Children. That's not really. You think of children's movies? No, that would count. I mean, that's sort of geared towards kids. Uh, same with Willy Wonka. Uh, actually, George Takai mentioned a movie that uh, I recall as a kid that I think would be a lot of fun to talk about, which was uh, was it called Return to Oz? As because it's, it's totally fucking creepy. It's a kids' movie, but it's totally fucking creepy, and hmm. I still remember it to this day because of its creep factor. If we're gonna so. do that, I'd probably probably have to have a what is that Miyazaki? His movies are usually themed around children. They're pretty, and they're pretty creepy too. Yeah, some creep, they have, creepiness they, going they on. They there. have some creepiness too. Anyway, just hmm. an idea. Hmm. So, Interesting. Uh, no, next week, uh, full-on comedy again. We're going to be doing. Uh, <laughs> Just wait till we announce the last one next week. You're going to be uh, really I think excited. I know what the last one's going to be. Uh, I'm, I have I have a feeling. So knowing Mark, Get what ready. it's going to be, it's going to be like a dry thumb up the ass. <laughs> is really what Mark's last comedy film is going to be. But, uh, why do why keep it to just the thumb? <laughs> so uh, my movie is is Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, mm-hmm. which uh, is uh, sort of derived from actually their comedic performances. So it's uh, it's it's sort of interesting, kind of uh, you thinking about it, thinking about its origins. That's interesting. I don't know much about them. I have to I have to look into it, or maybe you can do some background for me, fill me in. I'll try. I've never really I, been I, a I, Cheech and Chong guy. I don't. I've never seen any of their movies. So it'll yeah, be a but first you've been me. a total. But you you you've been known to be a total pothead at what? points in your life. So what are you talking? Points about? in your life. I've maybe had pot day. three or four times, back in my wild college <laughs> days. And only once did you inhale. Oh no, I so. meant uh, I, I. I'm sorry, I meant cocaine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think there's a cocaine bit in 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 the movie. There, there's <laughs> there's the the ancillary drugs that uh, make their way in for mm. uh, comedic effect into up in smoke. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I watched it 
way too young when uh, the only way I could experience pot was uh, watching my parents smoke it. So, uh, but still found You're it throwing funny. everybody under the illicit drug bus today. Everybody right? under the bus. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> I am pure as the pure as the driven snow. That's right. <laughs> anyway. All right, so uh, next week is Up in Smoke, uh, and until then. You know, I've often thought of becoming a golf club.